the door crashed open below him, and the surviving hired man charged out. He threw down his sword and bolted north for the distant glimmer of the jacksum with hell on his heels. It opened again, and one of the cutthroats emerged, preceded by his crossbow. Haytham waited while he took aim, feeling that familiar red haze creep up over his shoulders. The running man stumbled when the bolt winged him, but he kept going. The outlaw cursed and jammed his foot into the stirrup for another shot. He didn't get the chance. Haytham let out another long, slow breath, then dropped feet first into the haze and onto the other man's head. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode. Last week, we saw Haytham, Lee, and Randall head down to the Hinter to clean up a human smuggling operation, but Lee has already sold Haytham out to the Jackdaw and his band of thugs. If you missed last episode or any other, I will leave a link to the full playlist down in the episode description, so check that out there. As always, it is a huge favor if you leave a comment or a like, and if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe and the notification bell. All right, I'll catch you guys at the end of the episode. I'm Josh Call, and this is Last Coliseum. As soon as the others filed out, Haytham took stock of the outlaws and their arms. Three crossbows, two axes, a few chipped cutlasses, and a rapier in a battered sheath. He didn't doubt that every one of them had a knife up his sleeve. He hadn't paid them any mind at first. In the coppers, at least, a man who wasn't visibly armed was asking for trouble. It wasn't until Rapier had said the bit about sleeping under the stars that the brawler's hackles went up. No packs, no rations, not even a bedroll between them. Either the six of them were rugged enough to brave the chill wind without even a pillow, or he was lying through his rotted teeth. Their conversation lulled as Lee and the sellsword filed out after the innkeep. Two of them stumbled over with their tankards and bowls and squeezed in on either side of him. He glanced over his shoulder. Two more were prattling on with the hired men. Haytham grit his teeth. Six against three wasn't great, but it was a damn sight better than six against one. Where are you headed? The one on his right looked sidelong at him. He caught a whiff of the poppy on his breath. The left one leaned over the bar and swiped a bottle in tumblers. The edge. He watched the amber liquor splash into the glasses and wordlessly accepted when the outlaw slid him one. Cheers. The whiskey burned against his cracked lips, but he didn't drink. We were just at the edge, the one on his right was saying. Business of fancy. The ghost of a smile hovered on Haytham's lips. I'm gonna kill a man. The two outlaws exchanged a look. I've had a few of those. The milk chaser nodded. Let me guess. He took your girl. He grinned at some imagined change in the brawler's countenance. That's it, isn't it? It's always either girls or gold. He held up two dirty fingers. Or else you're just some bleeding nutter. It was at this point that the blonde thug scooped up his hatchet and went out through the kitchen. Haytham felt the conversation wane at the other tables. His pulse quickened. The man on his right slapped his shoulder. So which is it? The brawler let out a long, slow breath. He was watching the left one out of the corner of his eye. The cutthroat made as if to hit him again. Come on, we're all mates. He anticipated the minute tensing of his muscles just before they grabbed him. The milk chaser was still talking when the brawler swept his mate's half-empty tankard off the bar and smashed it into his open mouth, showering them both with beer and clay shards. The milk chaser howled and clutched his bleeding jaw. Already Haytham was spinning on his seat as the other outlaw seized him at the scruff and the elbow. 
The brawler sank his knuckle into the brute's left eye. The outlaw screeched. Haytham tore out of his grip. The other cutthroats were shouting and springing to their feet. On instinct, the brawler seized one eye by the neck and swiveled behind him. He heard the snap of two crossbows and felt one eye shudder with the impact. The archers lowered their weapons slightly, horror spreading on their faces. He let one eye go, and the bandit fell forward on his face. The cutthroat scrambled to reload. The other hired man had drawn his battered sword and was fending off two cutlasses as he hacked his way toward the door. The milk chaser was recovering his wits. Haytham pulled him over on his way to the stairs before bounding up. Two more quarrels thudded into the wall a foot behind him. There were two doors on the top landing. He shouldered one open and threw himself up against it, hardly seeing the room beyond. He dragged over a heavy armoire nearby to barricade the door. Someone's breath caught behind him. He ducked as a quarrel thunked into the side of the armoire and showered him with splinters. He looked up. The innkeep's wife had half emerged from the closet door she'd been hiding behind, her features haggard and furious as she leveled the spent crossbow. He was on his feet with his hands upraised even as she jammed another bolt into the groove. Get out of my house! Haytham sprang forward and wrapped his fist around the weapon's stalk as the harpy squeezed the lever. He bit down on a roar. The quarrel tried to escape beneath his grip. The shaft and fletching ripped a furrow across his four fingers before clattering uselessly to the floor. He tore the weapon out of her grasp and threw it down on the feather bed. All the color drained from the woman's features, and she sank to her knees, grasping the edge of his cloak. Please, please don't hurt me, she whined, tears welling in her eyes. You don't want to do this. Where are the captives? His blood was up. He craned his neck above the creeping red haze as he glared down at her. Don't lie, he warned, and the spluttered denials died on her lips. The, the storm cellar. He looked at the window and scowled. If it had been the innkeep Haytham held prisoner and not his wife, he'd have had no qualms about using him as a tower shield on his way down the stairs. He almost did it anyway. But he made the mistake of looking at her. Tears guttered her cheeks, her lower lip trembling. Pitiful. Kin thief or not, he didn't have the heart to do it. Plus, she was a twig of a thing, not half the shield that Nod would have been. He bound her wrists with a scarf from the closet. Once she realized that he wasn't going to toss her out the window, she offered all manner of excuses why it wasn't her fault they'd been caught up in slave-selling. We didn't want to. The, the, the free nation, they made us. They, they'd have killed us. Something smashed against the door and the armoire shuddered. Kara screeched as the brawler yanked the knot tight and reached for the crossbow. The bloody quarrel clicked neatly into the groove. More pounding at the door, the armoire inched back. Haytham slipped around it and shoved the cabinet aside, bracing his shoulder against the door. He waited between thuds, each impact reverberating through his arm. Rapier looked slightly startled when he opened the door. He faltered with the stool he'd been using as a battering ram. That bemused expression froze on his features as the quarrel punched through his face and sent him flying down the stairs. One of his mates roared at the foot of the steps, his own crossbow primed. Haytham slammed the door, the steel barbs sprouted from the middle of the wood. He used the crossbow to smash open the window and the coverlet from the bed to keep from cutting himself to pieces on the jagged glass as he clambered out onto the lower skirt of the roof. Kara had stopped wailing. He could hear her trying to squirm out of her bonds. He peered down over the roof's edge. The breeze tugged at the corners of his cloak. The thief had gotten the cellar door open. Gingerly, he started down the steps into the black. 
There was a dead man next to him. The rent in his belly grinned up at the brawler. Haytham nodded grimly and followed the skirt to the front of the inn. The door crashed open below him, and the surviving hired man charged out. He threw down his sword and bolted north for the distant glimmer of the jacksum with hell on his heels. It opened again, and one of the cutthroats emerged, preceded by his crossbow. Haytham waited while he took aim, feeling that familiar red haze creep up over his shoulders. The running man stumbled when the bolt winged him, but he kept going. The outlaw cursed and jammed his foot into the stirrup for another shot. He didn't get the chance. Haytham let out another long, slow breath, then dropped feet first into the haze and onto the other man's head. The cellar door groaned open. The old wood was heavy and reinforced with metal bands. Whatever Nod and his wife kept down below, they were keen on it staying there. The three locks lay in glittering pieces around him. Even with the whispers of the dying man distracting him, it had taken less than a minute to pop open each one. He looked up at the back door. The sellsword hadn't come back. He could hear screams and clashing steel echoing through the walls. It made him shudder. He reached for the knife in his waistband and crept gingerly down the starlit stairs. He saw the outline of a lantern on the bottom step and stooped down to pick it up. A metallic sound like chains clinking was all the warning he had. Something cold and segmented looped around his neck and yanked it tight. Lee toppled back with a strangled cry. His foot crunched down on the lantern. His knife went flying. His assailant dragged him deep into darkness. Lee scrambled backwards on his ass, trying to ease the crushing pressure on his throat. Two of his fingernails broke and bled as he clawed desperately at the steel links slicing into his windpipe. He could hear his attacker breathing raggedly through gritted teeth. All around there was more clinking, more breathing, an anxious murmur along the fringes as Lee thrashed in the middle of the dark. He tried to say something, but all that came out was a throaty wheeze. He stopped fighting the chain. It felt as though his face would split down the middle like a rotting fruit. He clawed at his attacker and found manacles clamped around bony wrists, long arms flexed and straining. One of his hands curled around a rope of hair. He yanked sideways and was met with a hiss of pain. Immediately, Lee stabbed up with his free hand and punched his attacker in the mouth. For half an instant, the vice around his throat slackened. I'm here to save you! Lee brayed, his voice deep and hoarse. I'm here to... The chain snapped tight again, cutting off his words like snipping shears. Ollie, wait! He made out a chatter of argument from various corners of the darkness, but he was past hearing. His thoughts felt fat and sluggish. The silvery light that spilled down the steps flickered and dimmed, as if the stars were winking out one by one. The one throttling him threw him down in a heap, and they gasped for breath. It hurt wonderfully. He lay face down in the rotting hay that was scattered over the dirt floor. The voices continued on for a few moments, coalescing by degrees into words. Someone nudged him with a foot. Who are you? It was a woman's voice, sharp and cold. Lee, rasped he, rolling over on his back. He could make out the vague shape of her floating above him in the darkness. I'm here to... Cut you loose. Just you? Asked a male voice from across the room. Where's the bitch? Growled the woman, towering over him. Inside. I don't know. He climbed to his feet, his head still pounding. He heard chains clink as she recoiled. My friends are taking care of them. He looked around. How many of you are there? She struck a match on her wrist iron. She couldn't have been more than twenty. 
The shadows thrown by the match gave her a monstrous aspect. Her hair was dark, her eyes sunken, her face drawn and filthy. Her clothes hung in tatters from stick-thin limbs. Black blood trickled down her chin from her torn lip. He glanced around as the match guttered. There were four others chained to the floor, two males and two females, with a row of steel rings driven into the dirt to accommodate more captives. One such ring had been ripped out of the floor. They all looked miserable, and they eyed the thief equally with hope and mistrust. The match winked out, leaving their pitiful afterimage branded on the darkness. Give me a light, the thief rasped. A second match flared, and Lee found his pick belt. He started with hers, the one who'd half strangled him. The manacles had easier locks than the ones on the cellar door, and with a flick of his wounded fingers, her wrist irons clanked to the floor. I'm Lee, by the way. You said that. She rubbed the angry red sores that braceleted her wrists. As the flame died, she muttered, Ollie. She burned through the rest of her matches while he worked open the rest of the irons. As soon as they were free, the captives lunged across the cellar to the barrels and crates of liquor and dry goods stacked against the opposite wall. They shoveled handfuls of nuts and raw oats into their eager mouths. The male who'd spoken in the dark approached the thief cautiously and clasped his hand. Thank you. Lee recognized his voice as the one who'd urged Ollie not to kill him. He palmed the man a pair of crowns. Keep north until you hit the river. It's a league west of the first village. This should keep you under a roof until you get on your feet. The freedman thanked him again. You're a good man. It was a lie, but a warm lie, like a nip of whiskey after a long day. He led the others up the steps and Lee turned to follow. He heard a pop and a gushing sound behind him, as if someone had thumbed loose the cork on a barrel. The thick, waxy smell of lamp oil wafted up. What are you doing? She struck her last match. Ollie's face glowed with vengeance. It was the same look he'd seen when Haytham went after White Rose. An awful smile broke across her bleeding lips. Burning it all down, Ollie whispered as she dropped the match. The heat struck him like a fist as a blanket of flames raced across the hay-strewn floor. Ollie swept past him and he sprinted up the steps after her. The others hadn't gained much ground. One of the women was limping, and two others were helping her along. The man he'd given the crowns to had found the blonde brute's hatchet. He hefted it on one shoulder, leading the way north. Lee went with him until he could see the vine-covered arch in the distance. The Jackson was a strip of silver just beyond. West until you see torches, he reminded Hatchet. The man clasped his hand again. We won't forget this, he promised Lee. The thief's ears burned as he jogged back to Gershad's grove. The inn was an inferno. The parched wooden walls went up like tinder. A blast of heat instantly dried the sweat on his face. Small bushes around the inn spontaneously caught fire. Sparks like torch bugs leapt off the roof in swarms. Somewhere, someone screamed. There was a figure sprawled across the flagstone path, and through the shattered windows of the ground floor he saw men moving. Even before they stumbled out, he recognized Haytham and the sellsword as they worked together to cut down the last man. The mercenary came out first. He pulled down the black scarf he'd used to cover the lower part of his face. Haytham staggered after him, bloody and triumphant. Part of his cloak was on fire. He broke the clasp around his neck and let it fall in a burning heap. The man on the ground was just starting to stir. Haytham didn't break his stride as he seized the back of the outlaw's shirt and dragged him away from the blaze. It was Krask. 
Lee recoiled and threw up his hood the moment he recognized the jackdaw's man. The brute's bulldog face was screwed up in pain. He howled and tried to find his feet. His right arm hung limp at his side. He clutched at it with his left. Haytham threw him down hard on his broken shoulder. Krask bayed like a wounded animal. The brawler stared down at him with cold fury. Get up. The jackdaw's man rolled over on his back, panting. Beads of sweat glistened on his face. Haytham's feet crunched across the hardpan. He planted his boot in the outlaw's shoulder. Get up, he snarled, twisting his heel. His scream made goose flesh ripple down the thief's arms. He got up, painfully, still clutching his dead arm. Lee slipped behind the brawler's back as the sellsword moved in alongside him. He'd drawn a pair of long, curved daggers. You run, you die, he promised the outlaw. Krask spat in the dirt. You're gonna kill me anyway. That's up to you. One of Haytham's hands was dripping blood. His tattoos shone through burn holes on the back of his shirt. Who sent you? The outlaw hesitated, as if he had any options left besides telling the brawler everything. The jackdaw. Who is that? How'd you find me? You're a hard man to miss, the outlaw growled. Quicker than thought, Haytham clamped a hand around Krask's shoulder and screwed his thumb into the ruined joint. He kept on squeezing until he gave him what he wanted. Tailed you! The brawler slackened his grip a little. We tailed you, the jackdaw's man repeated through gritted teeth. He shrugged out of Haytham's grip and hobbled back a few steps. Once we had you at the Eidolon, it was easy. At the mention of the inn, the brawler's body went rigid. His ears flushed red, his jaw tightened. From behind, Lee could only guess what terrible expression Haytham wore. When he spoke, his face was soft and deadly, like a lion in long grass. Lee couldn't make out the words. Don't know, the outlaw shrugged. A bitter sneer rose to his lips in spite of himself. He bobbed his head toward the fairy lights in the distance that marked the city. You should get back and check. Haytham snarled. Both men moved forward as one. Krask stumbled back, one arm outstretched to keep the brawler at bay. Why, wait, I, I can help you. The sellsword hesitated. Haytham was past hearing. The Kadari caught his arm. Let me walk, and I'll say who sold you out. Lee's heart dropped into his stomach. He pulled his hood low over his eyes. He knew what came next. The fiery, charnel house behind him was a testament to it. His mind raced. He could hide in the orchard or in one of the gullies that snaked across the hardpan, hold his breath, and wait for morning. After that, keep his head down in Larkspur or one of the villages further west until the heat died down. Devil's guess how long that would take. Crawl back to his apartment above the smithy and fetch his blood money from its hiding place under the loose floorboard. Then, east. Didn't matter where. He turned to run and froze in his tracks. Nod. He was a thing out of nightmares. The innkeep's face was caked with dried mud, blood flowing freely from a gash in his brow. He swayed on his feet, his mouth slightly agape, the burning tavern reflected in his eyes. Somehow he'd gotten his hands on a crossbow. He clutched it loosely against his chest, but when his eyes met Lee's, he snarled and raised it for the kill. He was shouting even as he dove flat, Hey them! He saw what happened next out of the corner of his eye, the world still spinning around him. 
The sellsword looked back first, and as the quarrel flashed through the empty where the thief had been standing an instant before, he tackled Haytham sideways. There was a terrible, wet crunch as the bolt plunged through bone and sinew. Lee tasted bile. Somewhere far away, the brawler howled. Nod staggered toward the boy, jamming a fresh bolt into his crossbow. His hands were shaking, and the quarrel clattered out of his grasp. He threw the weapon down and flung himself at the thief with teeth and nails. Lee tried to scramble back as the innkeep's fingers raked his face, tearing open the new scabs on his cheek. Nod was a man possessed. Lee thrashed and kicked at him, but it was as if the innkeep couldn't feel any of it. His grubby hands found the red welts around the thief's throat. Lee clawed at his face as the crushing vice closed around his windpipe. A powerful arm snaked around the innkeep's neck and hurled him back. His nails left bloody gouges on either side of the thief's neck. He looked up with awe. Contempt glowed on the sellsword's face. Flames licked along his blade as he drew it. He stepped over the fallen thief and advanced on his quarry. Lee looked back. Haytham was hunched beside the sprawled outlaw. He'd torn the quarrel out of Krask's throat and was trying vainly to stanch the blood seeping from the ragged hole. He threw his head back and howled into the smoke-filled sky. An awful banshee scream pierced the night and mingled with the brawler's yell. Every head save the dying man snapped toward the sound, toward the inferno. A dark figure flickered past one of the ground floor windows. Lee heard himself gasp as the door crashed open and the innkeep's wife ran out. She was unrecognizable. Her body wreathed in flames, her hair a blackened crisp, skin falling off her in fiery gobs. It was without question the most horrible thing he'd ever seen. Kara! She tripped on a flagstone and went down hard. Nod ran at her, Lee and the sellsword and the rest forgotten. He beat at the flames with unfeeling hands, dry sobs clawing out of his throat. By the time he'd put out the fire, she wasn't moving. He held her smoking body against his and quaked with silent sobs. The mercenary padded toward the innkeep, the sword in his hand a fiery wand. Lee couldn't move, couldn't look away. Nod never looked up even when his long shadow fell across him. Never made a sound, even when he sunk his blade through both slavers and into the dry crust below. He gave it one hard twist, and they both sighed. It was a strange mercy. Thank you guys so much for listening. We are just one episode out from the end of Act One. That's a huge milestone in the telling of this story, and I'm thrilled to be able to do it with all of you. If you have any friends who are into fantasy, D&D, Lord of the Rings, stuff like that, do me a favor and send this story to them and let them know what you think of it. I will catch you guys for the end of Act One next week.